Okay, we've got a uh, special little interview here with the Moto X Pod show tonight, brought to you by Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So on the line with me is a fellow fan of the sport. Um, he He's a Pulp listener. He, he, he sent me an email just discussing some things, and I uh, decided we want to get him on and kind of get his views on some of the, the hot topics. On the line with me is Mr. Russell Eldridge. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on, man? Not a lot, man. So um, off the air, we were talking a little bit. You're from the New England area originally. Um, what's your background in this? Like, how'd you get involved with the sport of moto? Just as a quick background. Uh, basically my father raced motocross and he got me into racing when I was younger and then, uh, just started doing local NESC stuff and, uh, racing NESC. I did pretty well there. Yeah. Um, uh, raced expert, ended up getting hurt a bunch of times and just kind of got sick of the injuries and bailed out, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, heck I, the injuries are never fun. So I get that. And it definitely makes you question, why you do this sometimes um especially when you're racing at that level i guess i've never been at a pro level so i can't really can't really uh comment completely you know but it's definitely not fun yeah it's just um i don't really want to call myself a big time pro i was a local expert sure definitely a lot of people faster than me but um really was the concussions that oh yeah i got sick of the most i can understand that realize well, we, we talked a little bit through email. There's a lot of hot topics right now. Um, you know, one of the ones that's been talked about, you know, we've heard on Pulp and whatnot uh, about McElrath, the, well, he, you know, he, he has a back injury. Um, certain people think that it's, you know, maybe not quite as severe as it is. They just stand down for, so he can stay in the 250 class, um, you know, and there's, that's, a, that's a hot point right now. Uh, what's your take on the McElrath situation? What do you think? Well, I, what I don't understand is Steve's really harsh on him, saying that he's taking a dive and going down, and I, I don't understand why Steve doesn't understand that he wants to stay down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically you're getting he has a guaranteed contract from KTM that's going to pay him, I would say, two hundred thousand a year, and then he has the ability to make fifty thousand a win plus five hundred thousand for a title. Now, is that guaranteed? No, but he definitely has a a good chance. I mean, he's won races before, so right. I mean, he could make he could make three four hundred thousand, and then Steve wants him to move up into four fifties. He acts like he has a ride that's guaranteed, but there is no ride. It's he's taking a huge chance. He might make fifty grand a year, and then what? Yeah, well, yeah. Then at that point, he um, he wouldn't last very long because he pro- you know you go, once you don't do well in the four fifties, you get forgot about pretty quick. You're all done. I mean, I mean, not that Malcolm's all done, but he won the title. He moved up, and yeah, granted, he didn't want to ride outdoors, but he still had the problem finding bikes. You have Tickle, Han, Bogle. I mean, yeah, they're all good riders, but they're not lighting the world on fire. And I'm sure if you asked some of them if they could stay back longer. I mean, I heard Han the other day saying he wish he could have stayed back. So yeah, in terms of money, I, I just don't understand what, why you wouldn't stay back down there and make that money. And then when you're 100% confident you can move up and make a big contract, then you go up. Yeah, and I, I don't completely disagree with you at all um you know martin has said the same to me you know hey he he doesn't he didn't have a ride you know why would you take that chance when you have a guaranteed ride you got a good income you're doing well um you know i think just what i from hearing the shows and what steve's point of view uh 
I think it's more just he wishes that the rules were one way and it was either you have to move up or you can stay no matter what, I think. You know, it's just I think in general the rules with the AMA or whatnot, they, they seem like they flip-flop and change so often to fit whatever situation they need. That's where some of the frustration comes, I believe. I guess. I, I don't mind. I don't care if they stayed in 250s forever. Because right. In terms of entertainment value, I love watching the 250s. Uh, I get great this year. It's been awesome in the 450s, but sometimes the 250s are better than the 450s. And in terms of speed, their lap times are, what, a half a second slower? So they're doing all the same jumps. They're going almost the same exact speed. They're taking all the same risks. I, I'm fine with them staying in 250s for as long as they want. And Steve always talks about that, you know, if you're believing yourself, then to move up and just get faster. <laughs> well, the same thing goes for privateers. Like, if, if you're not fast enough, you're not fast enough. Like, we're watching the top 20 guys. It, it really doesn't matter to me. I want to see the fastest guys out there. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with that. But... That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's not a wrong opinion, I don't think. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't – I wouldn't have a problem with these guys staying down, like you say, forever if that was what the rules said. It just – like I said, they've they've changed it. I don't know if they actually change it for Martine. I know that's what Steve says, or you know. Um, but they, it definitely seems like it's changed at certain times to benefit teams that – you know, the bigger teams, like it, you know, it may be do, I don't know if it's done on purpose or not. Obviously I don't have a way to tell, but it certainly seems that way at times. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could say that. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It seems that way. Uh-huh. But, I mean, it's just speculation. Sure. No one knows why they're doing it. Maybe, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But again, that's just speculation. So let, let's talk about, let's say that, okay, Shane, let's say he is taking a dive, you know, in yeah. just hypothetically, do yeah. you, you, are you okay with him doing that on purpose to, to keep that um, 250 ride? I guess I would say, yeah. Um, okay. I, I know that sounds bad when you sit, when you put it that way, like, are you purposely taking a dive? Because let me just say this. I don't think that he's completely faking an injury. I don't I either. think what happened is he, he came in that he, thought he was going to, or he could win the championship. He got hurt. He kept riding. And then he knows that he's not at a hundred percent. And he's thinking to himself, like, why would I go out there and point myself out? And then literally he could destroy his career. Cause if he moves up next year and doesn't get a ride, rides for a shitty B team. And then I don't want to say shitty B team, but you know what I mean? He's not yeah, riding yeah. a factory bike. So, and maybe he doesn't get the results. Next thing you know, he's forgotten about in a few years. Right. So, I think in his mind, he's like, you know what? I'm not 100%. Why don't I just stay back? Yep. it's People aren't going to like it, but in the end, it's going to be better for him. And you know what? In 10 years, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. It's his life. He's the one that's got to support himself forever. So I totally understand why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, you know, like I've seen here thinking about it. If if he's, let's say, again, hypothetically, taking a dive yep. because of the yep. injury and because he wasn't able to do what he expected of himself – this year, and he knows he can do better next year. That's a little different than I think taking a dive just for the hell of it, you know. So, I it, totally do not think that he's doing that at all. I don't either. Other people have pointed out his religion. I, yeah. I believe that he's a good person, and I don't think that he wants to just. I don't think he would do that. I think that he believes that he's better than that. And why, why destroy myself potentially for, you know, I, I just. I don't know. No, no. I, 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 your point is uh, taken and valid. 
Um, I, I find it hard to believe that anybody would do that on purpose. You know, that just, I, I wouldn't, I know I wouldn't feel good about myself if I did something like that. So yeah. And he has no right. I mean, Steve makes it sound like there's a 450 contract waiting for him. Right. That's not the case. There is no ride. Like if Steve wants to complain about it, then tell us uh, where does he go? He always gives like, why doesn't he go to Honda? Why doesn't he go to Cali? Why doesn't he go to KTM? Well, there are no contracts. Give him a contract for 200,000 and, Great, maybe he would move up. Right. There is nothing set in stone. He has a guaranteed amount of money. Why would you turn that down? Yeah, you're right. There's not very many spots for the for 250 guys to move up. I mean, hell, four uh, moved up this year, and you know, next year uh, we expect AC to move up. Um, yeah, not a lot of spots. You're you're right. He should be a lot, he should be able to stay in the 250 class and make a career. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's move on to this next topic. Um, Cooper Webb, Marvin Muscan. Um, you know, how does Roger handle it? How does KTM handle the, the, the aggressive riding? Maybe the fact that they maybe don't really like each other a whole lot. Um, you know, what's Marvin going to do next? Uh, I know Steve and JT somewhat disagreed on, uh, you know, uh, Steve feels like it, you can't do any more than what was already done to him. Um, and then other guy, you know, I think JT, well, they just, they feel like, um, Man, if he comes in there and just blows him the hell Cooper the hell out, then that that's okay. I, what do you think? Well, I think first of all, Marvin hates Webb. Okay, um, that's just my opinion from going back to two fifties. They never got along, and Webb was really talking arrogant to him, kind of basically hazing him. And uh, that's that's the reason why when Webb first went there, that he had to sit down and apologize to him because they already had problems in the past. So now this happens this weekend. I think Marvin hates him, obviously. Not obvious, but I think that Marvin hates him. And, yeah, he's pissed. So at this point, if I was Marvin or I was coaching Marvin, I would say to go full contact every single possible chance you can because Webb is the one that should be nervous right now because he's got everything to lose. Marvin has nothing to lose. He's coming from behind. Oh, yeah. So if he makes contact with Webb, you know, if he has the chance, even if I'm not saying knock Webb down on purpose, but that is what happens sometimes. And also, you can break, you can bend a brake lever, you can break a clutch lever, you can puncture a case. Like anything could happen. Mm-hmm. One DNF and this is over. So, am I saying that Marvin should just go out there and kill him? No, but he could be racing as aggressive as possible every chance he gets. And a lot of people will say Marvin can't race like that, but look what he did to Tomac for a win <laughs> in Foxborough. Yeah. I mean, he slammed him. So don't tell me that he can't ride aggressive. Maybe he doesn't normally do that, but he absolutely can. He's a professional racer. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Marvin likes to handle those th- things that way, and I think that's why he has such a distaste for Cooper, or yeah. you know anybody that rides like that, whether it be Barsha or, or the the overly aggressive when it's unnecessary. And the stuff the stuff Saturday night was unnecessary, in my opinion. Um, you know, I th- what I saw was Marvin barely got into Cooper, and then Cooper was hell bent. On he was pissed. Making a point, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to say, like, screw you, I'm the guy. And then the thing that I don't like is everyone's like, oh, Webb's a badass. He's a new beast from the East. You know, he ain't taking anyone's crap. Well, then why does he, after the race, run over to Marvin and apologize and shake his hand? And then they interview him, and he's like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I just let the best get to me. Like, if he was a real badass, he'd say, yeah, whatever. I'm going to win, and I'll do it every time. Right, and he said the same thing in the press conference, uh, you know, the apology. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, 
I, I don't know Cooper well enough to, enough to know if that is legitimate, if he really is sorry, or if he's being told, hey, you need to apologize. No, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah. He, he likes it because in his eyes, it's like ruffle up his feathers. True. But, I mean, I would – obviously, you want to be winning the championship, but there's no way that Webb's not thinking about this, and that's why he went up and apologized because he's trying to calm the situation down <laughs> because he doesn't want Marvin coming for him. And, like, there are other guys in the class that – don't really like him that much. Kenny doesn't really like him. Yeah. So you have all these people. You piss everyone off. No one's going to be helping you out. I mean, look at look at last year with, or the other two years ago was it with uh, Webb? I mean, um, Dungey and Reed. Reed, you know, stayed in his way and rode around because he was pissed off. Like those little things like that can affect the championship. You don't want people to not like you. And I don't know. Webb's pretty good at pissing people off. He is, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. You know, I mean, he seems, he seems pretty nice off the track, but yeah, I mean, he's on the track. He's he's a little cocky and conceited, and um, yeah, that that could that could go bad for him if he makes enemies, and he's definitely done it. Um, how do you see it? What are your thoughts? How do you see it um, working out by Vegas? Honestly, I mean, I think that Marvin's faster than him right now. Yep. Uh, he, he's been riding better than him right now. I don't think this is over. I think that Villeman is, you know, he's Marvin's trainer. I think I have more respect for Villeman than almost anyone. I think he's an awesome trainer. I think he's really smart. And he's definitely going to be in his ear. And I, I really think the plan is going to be to come out and make as much contact as possible because really, that is only going to benefit Marvin. Like, hmm. if Marvin tips over, whatever. But if they both tip over... Maybe something happens to Webb. Like, it can only hurt Webb for them to make contact, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I. I hey, what do you think? What would you say? What would you say if you were Roger? What do you say to them? Oh, if I'm Roger, I I tell them it needs to stop um, because, you know, hell, they could both get hurt. They could both miss a race, and then all of a sudden you have other guys in the championship that you don't want in it. Um, you know, if they take each other out, they have injuries or mechanicals, and they, then the whole thing's over. So that's what I, I tell him to stop. Um, I probably would – I don't know if this is something you could do. I'd probably tell him, you know, hell, we're going to fine you if you keep this up. Your teammates, and we're telling you to stop. I don't know if that's something that's realistic. It's interesting for you to say because the other day it was – I don't know how you say his name, Burleson, uh-huh. AMB. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was on the podcast, and he was talking. He said he loved it. He said for them to be banging like this, he's like, it's awesome. It just sells bikes. It, it's great. I, I, you know – I love it, but I'm getting the emails the next day. I know it, but I think it's great. Yeah, well, I well, I don't know. I like it as as somebody watching and a fan. If I'm the team manager, though, I don't want it happening. You know, yeah. I think that those guys going one two in in whatever order they go in the championship sells bikes just as much as them banging into each other in a race, probably more so. You know, yeah. you you put out posters at, or you know ads at the end of the year with you know first place, second place in the championship. You can't put an ad. KTM can't put an ad in. Hey, our two guys beat the shit out of each other and go, go buy our bikes. <laughs> no, you definitely don't want them to get hurt. But yeah. look at look at the controversy. I mean, it gets everybody talking. That like, is true. What's everyone talking about right now? Yeah, absolutely. They're bar banging and everyone's <laughs> talking about it. So it makes it exciting for right. sure. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on to this next topic. So uh, Monday night, Mathis Kiefer they announced that. Um, that Kiefer's going to ride for MCR at the first two rounds, and Steve is going to fill in as team manager for the first two rounds while Tony does 
hosts his own race, his amateur race. What What are your thoughts on that? Um, it, I, well, I, I, lot, go ahead. When I, I mean, to you, when I heard um, Tony did an interview with Steve a while back that I actually thought was awesome. Um, I actually gained a lot of respect for him. People say that he's crazy and he's nuts, or they have said that in the past, obviously. But right. I think he's. I think he's really smart. I mean, he explained a lot of that, basically, with Mike being his son and them just devoting their entire life to motocross. Obviously, his emotions got the best of him. But I think he really does know a lot about motocross. Oh, clearly. Uh, he, has a, he has a lot to offer. Um, I mean, the people that ride for him now will tell you that he does everything he can for their riders. He's passionate about it. So I think that this is a great move by him to get hooked up with Steve and Kiefer because it's great for exposure. I mean, if it's great. It's a great advertisement. I mean, obviously, Steve's going to be talking about it nonstop. Kiefer's going to be talking about it nonstop. I think it's a great move to help both of them out. I do, too. Um, but, okay, let's say, you know, the, the small a small percentage of people in the industry know who Kiefer and Mathis is. The general yep. public, the uh, the average fan, as they say, that just goes to the Saturday show when it comes to their town, it's not going to do anything for those guys. Um, really, the hardcore guys like ourselves are really probably the only ones getting excited about it. Yeah, but so then if you look at it that way, I see what you're saying 100%, but who who else would they get? Like, in my opinion, the people that are watching the races, they're looking at the top three, top five. I mean... I, I don't think they could get anyone in the top three or five. So now you're looking at somebody in 15th, 20th place anyway. Yeah. So no one's going to, no one's going to pay attention to them anyway. So you might as well have Kiefer out there. At least you can write a story about it and create some drama around it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I'm excited about it just cause I like Kiefer and um, I think Steve's going to do a pretty good job. I mean, he's, you know, he's full of shit sometimes and he hypes things up and he makes crazy accusations or, you know, hot, t- uh, hot topic sometimes but the guy knows he, he's smart about the business side or the the industry itself he knows a lot of people i think he's going to do a good job for two two races you know whether he could do it for a full series i don't know i think he could i just think that it's um i think it's a smart move by tony and mike Genova yeah for the advertising purposes i think it's funny that they hated each other so much and now <laughs> they're coming together for yeah. the for the to better both of them really yeah um I think Tony's fun. changed how, how do you a lot. Do? What's that? How do you think Kiefer will do? Um, I see outdoors. I'm going to say 18, seven, 18, 17, somewhere around there. I don't know enough about Kiefer to say, cause I've never seen him ride. I mean, obviously he rides every day mm-hmm. or sounds like he rides every day. He's always testing. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about his speed. So I can't really say how he would do. That's the only thing that. Yeah, I mean he's me back he's that. definitely fast, um, but whether he he's not that elite level fast, and he'll tell you that. No, 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 no. So I I don't I think the top fifteen would be very very unlikely. If he was in top fifteenth, I would be blown away. Yeah, I would be like that is unbelievable. It, I see him like I see him honestly like twenty fifth to thirtieth. Okay, I don't know, does he have the stamina to to stay? Riding the whole time. I mean, he should. He rides all the time. Yeah, I, he rides more than these pros do. I think because he rides, like you say, he rides every day. I mean, even like Monday through Friday, Saturday. A lot of times he's riding on Sundays. Plus he's cycling. Um, I think his fitness is definitely not going to be the issue at all. I, 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 he's probably one of the most fit guys there is. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know 
enough about him. I just know that racing obviously is a totally different it is. than practice. And he doesn't do that very often. Something that drives me nuts with, you know, the racers nowadays, they go out and they practice the exact amount of laps that they're racing. And it's like, guys, it's not the same thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. 15 laps of practice is not the same as a race. No, no, I definitely, yeah, I, I always thought, like, if I was that level, I feel like I would practice probably, well, I'd, I'd probably do motos until it ran out of gas anyway, you know, ride the bike. Yeah. My buddy who, uh, he's a local pro, and that's kind of what he does, and I always look up to him. I can't ride at his ability, but he goes, he does a moto, runs it out of gas, pushes it back, fills up, and does another one. That's what he does every time we go ride. Unreal. You have, you have to ride with other people. Yeah. This is, what, this is what I think, in my opinion, is holding Tomac back. He's by himself. Yep. You cannot get fast when you're up right. I guess that sounds stupid by saying Tomac can't get fast, but I'm talking about compared to other, when you're going against the best guys, Yeah, you have Webb and Muskan riding together all the time. You have Kenny and his people riding together all the time. Tomac's up there by himself. Like he has no one to push him. He has no one to gauge his speed on. When you're like down and out, because you don't always feel like riding. Yep. Like some days you don't even want to go out there. But when you have somebody to push you and like elevate your mood, it just makes it makes it easier, and he's up there doing it by himself. And I just think it's it's terrible for him. He needs someone to to ride with. I, yeah. I don't know what he's thinking. I, well, I asked him that on press day at Houston. Um, I got a chance to interview him, and you know, I asked him. I said, "Hey, there's a lot of people. You know, there's us in the media. We talk about it. You're one of the only guys that still rides by yourself, uh, and the other guys seem to be stepping up. Do you think there's?" you need to change your program. And he said, you know, I, I used to feel like riding by myself was the right thing to do. I don't like sharing, you know, what I have or whatever. And he said, but then when he started working with Jeremy Martin, he said, he really started to like it. He enjoyed it. And when Jeremy got hurt, he, he missed that. But he also said, look, I've won a couple outdoor championships. I've won a lot of races. My program does work. It's, you know, he does. And he, at that point, he's like, "I, I don't know what, the issue is he, he's trying to fit he kind of made it like, still sound like he's trying to figure things out with a bike but um he didn't say that specifically this is what he hinted at i am like over the whole the whole bike. like how long yeah. does it take to get a bike right like this <laughs> right, is, i right. can't stand him these guys talking about oh i'm still setting up the bike like you've been on this bike since what october yeah september so you've been riding the bike for six months and you're still getting it worked out like you're gonna be on a 2020 right <laughs> yeah and Oh, they definitely over crazy. overthink it. I think it was J- is it JT that it said you know get the bike eighty five ninety percent and then and go ride it go ride it you know figure it out after that leave it find you you find that well, close to sweet spot and now make it work. Well, here's a question. Okay, like, why why not go back to the bike that you were on when you won? Like, if, say you're having a bad day and you're doing you're just riding terrible and you're saying the bike sucks. Yeah. Well, okay, let's break out the 2018. Let's break out the exact same bike that you were on last year, and you can go out and do some laps, and let's see if you're faster. Because you won on this bike last year, so is it all of a sudden bad? Right, right, right. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. They'll never do that, but that's, I mean, that's not a terrible idea. But why not? I don't know. I, I don't know why they do a lot of things they do or don't do. It's, I've heard people say, oh, they don't want because it's the new bike and they make it look bad. Okay, well, make it look the same. Like, there are bikes that change what the plastics. Yeah. You're talking about a multi million dollar company. They can, they can make the bikes look similar. Definitely. That's obviously the steel frame to an aluminum frame, but I'm talking McGrath wrote a 93 frame in 96. <laughs> yeah, like, I was going to say. Done. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yep. Well, Russell, we need uh, to wrap this up, man. I've got a. Uh, get set up for the pulp thing. Um, 
I, man, you, I think you have some good points, and you definitely seem to know what you're talking about. And I appreciate appreciate you uh, coming on and and visiting with us for a little bit. Yeah, I love uh, I love motocross. It's been my whole life. Yeah, and uh, I, I love all the podcasts and shows. And obviously, I have my own opinions. Not saying they're right, but <laughs> I enjoy it, and I really appreciate you letting me come on. And uh, we can talk some more in the future. Absolutely, man. You have a, a good evening and. Um... I guess I'll, I'll holler at me this weekend and tell tell me what you think about uh, Nashville. It's gonna be it's probably gonna be a mutter, but it's cool that it's a new stadium. Yeah, JT will be calling the weather a week in advance. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you call uh, giving me a minute to talk to you. Uh, thanks a lot. Okay, talk Russell. Take care, bud. I just wanted to say that I appreciate Russell uh, contacting me. Uh, you know, he, he gave me some critique on some of the stuff I've been doing and some ideas, and I, I thought it was cool to get him on, uh, get some difference of, differences of opinion, hear what he has to say. Uh, if you want to contact him, have anything to any response, any of his thoughts, it's R E P I N D U S T R I E S, rep industries at gmail.com. Give him a, give him a response, man. Let him know what you think. All right. Thanks, guys.